0: Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids and our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. And in every episode, we consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And on most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. On this episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Allison Gilbert, author and expert on grief and resilience. Her books include Past and Present, Keeping Memories of Loved Ones Alive, and Parentless Parents. She serves on the board of directors for the National Alliance for Grieving Children. Allison is also an advisor to the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, which provides grief support to families of fallen servicemen and women. And at allisongilbert.com, she interviews some of the most notable names in culture today, including Ariana Huffington, John Stewart, and author Gretchen Rubin, to talk about their experiences and their takes on grief and resilience. All of which is to say, welcome,
1: Allison. I am so, so thrilled to be here, Jennifer. Thank you so much. So,
0: you're actually one of my favorite and most delightful people to talk to, but I know... Oh my I, goodness. Do you know. have, Came back you after. have a border on grief and resilience, but I think there's joy to be found in these topics. You, your first take is you think, oh, grief, you know, it's sad, and but part of it is coming through. Resilience is about coming back, so... I just I think one thought as we get talking I'm already off on off to the races is talking about the joy of remembering loved ones and being in this time.
1: Hey listen, one of the most famous and most special poems that I have ever read about just what you're talking about is by this amazing American writer, poet, illustrator, and journalist. Her name is Elsie Robinson. And she wrote this incredible poem called Pain, P-A-I-N. And she basically talked about, hey, listen, if there's no pain, we cannot know real joy. It's like the absence of what is so joyous, meaning pain, sadness, depression, all of those are just as real as happiness, joy, and elation. But it's knowing about both that makes each one stand in stark relief. And so I believe that there is joy and loss. I think they can coexist. And I think once you have seen how bad things can be personally, professionally, you can then embrace and enjoy and really acknowledge and see when all the good stuff shows up.
0: Yes. And I think, you know, and it must hit a lot around, like in our family, we're we're coming into a holiday season where we've lost family members anyways. We've lost family members to COVID, but we've also lost the way of life right now. And I hear a lot of bantering about, about having a sense of grieving situation, I guess. And I'm wondering if you think if it's
1: right to call that feeling grief? Of course. I don't think there's a right or wrong way.
0: Like like wagging your finger at people. That's not grief.
1: No, (laughs) not at all. I mean, listen, I hear everything that you're saying, Jennifer, and I agree. I think with the coronavirus pandemic, we have seen so much loss as in loss due to death. But we've also seen loss due to our routines, due to being able to hug and kiss and love in person. And all those also need to be acknowledged. You are correct. I am with you. I do think there is no wagging of the fingers that just (laughs) says, you know, loss is loss and only due to death. I do believe we are a nation that is grieving and not just because of the COVID-19 deaths. We are a nation that is learning to cope and manage all sorts of different losses of our daily routines. And I think those are legit. I think that those should be acknowledged.
0: Oh, good. Because I feel it. Having lost close family members. It's a muted version of it, but still, you know, it's the acute pain of loss of a family member, but there is that wave of it.
1: Jennifer, I would say, I'm sorry to interrupt, but what I would say is that I bet we are five minutes into this conversation right now. And I bet there is not one person who is listening that is not nodding their head in some sort of agreement that, between the spring and now that they haven't also felt some manner of loss. And so I think this is about the most universal topic that you could ever really be discussing. I mean, obviously there's many universal topics, but <laughs> believe me, I think this is timely. This is urgent. And I think that there is just such an important conversation to be had. And so I applaud you for bringing into the conversation on your podcast this issue. Cause I think every single person listening, whether it's a Loss of their job, whether it's a loss or a downgrade to their role in their company. So they had to take a pay cut. I yeah. think those are also losses.
0: Oh, it's so stressful. And you'll kind of think, well, it's not as bad. You know, like I've known worse or I've known and it, geez, Louise. And then it rolls up on you. Oh my God, this is awful. It's really a wave thing. I- 100%. I agree. So then, How about the resilience part of it? What's on it, man? You know, you read that word and you're like, I can be resilient. Then you kind of don't fully know what that means.
1: Well, I'm going to sum it (laughs) up in basically a very easy way to think about it, at least from my perspective. I think resilience, if everyone wants to listen now, listen up. If you've kind of tuned out and you're driving, (laughs) listen to what I have to say right now. I believe resilience is all about taking ownership and restoring your sense of agency. And so, so much of any kind of loss is out of our control, right? COVID-19 in large measure, yes, we can wear masks. Yes, we can socially distance and we need to do those things. But so much of COVID-19 is, of course, out of our control. Yeah. So is job loss, right? That is out of our control. The economy goes up, the economy goes down. So to me, the real key to understanding resilience is what you actually have control over. And what you have control over that nobody else has except you is how you respond. Mm -hmm. So do you respond by licking your wounds and staying under the covers and woe is me and hoping that somehow the sky opens and you are cherry picked? for your next achievement, for your next accomplishment, for your next job? Or do you lick your wounds and you kind of grind it out, go back to your computer, send out those resumes, do what needs to be done to put one foot slowly in front of the other. And that has to do with grief as well and losing your loved ones. And I can explain what I'm talking about in that.
0: because I'm a grinded out person. So, and sometimes I think almost to a fault or to a fault, not almost. So tell me that that's okay.
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? Everyone approaches their experiences individually. And even day to day, minute to minute, maybe you want to lick your wounds and be upset in the morning because maybe mornings are tough for you. But maybe after your coffee, maybe after you have a bagel or a muffin or, you know, a couple (laughs) of eggs, maybe you're getting kind of that restorative mojo going. And so even to the individual, it's different. And then of course, I think our, you got to give yourself some grace. All of these losses that we're talking about are hard. And so it's not that you have to be gung-ho showing your positivity every single waking minute of the day. Give yourself some space to grieve, whatever it is that you're grieving, and then do something. Take ownership that makes you feel more in control. Maybe for one day, that is doing something that's proactive about, let's say, your job search. For me, in these discussions about loss and grief, agency comes from remembering your loved one and taking control of keeping their memory alive. You can't control when someone Dies, but you can control how you keep their memory alive. That is the kind of agency that I'm talking about. Yeah,
0: completely. I am a big fan of that. My children have heard the same dang stories, but they're always going to hear those stories. I cannot, you know, not tell them about Uncle Sean. Uncle Sean's stories will always be, though they were not going to hear every story. They need to be a little older. Oh, we'll talk a little bit though about like the real loss—the loss of a loved one. This is, I mean, it's funny, you know, funny, strange that the loss numbers are so huge with COVID. And we've had one in our family. My mother-in-law passed away the very early weeks of COVID. I'm so sorry, Jennifer. Oh, thank you. And so, I I guess the whole point—it's weird because even with it in our family their statistics. And yet I think it's like the snapshot of all these families just replicating our experience are having just loss and loss and loss. And then uh, I'm rambling a bit, but you have the concentric circles of we've lost a generation of the grandparents of, I think, due to loneliness, you know, how it's rippling out. So we've had three deaths since COVID started. And geez louise, like one was a we had an online Shiva. One, we haven't done anything yet because we're waiting until the COVID ends and we could do something. And the other, it Jewish they had to get going and um, we're not actually quite sure what happened with the traditions are kind of out the window right now. It's like what is happening? And I feel the loss of the traditions because well, that's the moment of about, gathering. Can yeah
1: I, You mentioned the virtual memorials, which to yeah. me There's been a lot of pivoting that I've had to do because of COVID. And the first e-course that I put together was about best strategies and practices for creating meaningful virtual memorials for loved ones. Who would ever have thought that we'd have to say goodbye to our loved ones, you know, with a Zoom, you know, these are traditions that go back to millennia about how we gather in person to support each other and say goodbye to our loved ones in person. So these truly are unprecedented times. So when I put together this e-course on how to plan and organize meaningful virtual memorials, listen, there are ways to do this. We're all on Zoom now. These can be very wonderful techniques for talking but not very wonderful techniques for deep conversation yes. that feels you know really intimate and personal and in a way that kind of elevates your loved one in the way that you think that they deserve right mm-hmm. somehow they're being deprived this incredibly exactly. emotional and supportive you know goodbye and so this course for example will teach people The one really important thing that I think is more important than any other lessons that I talk about in this e-course, which is how to regain that sense of one-on-one connection that often you don't get in large Zoom memorials, right? Maybe a hundred faces on the screen, or maybe if it's done as a webinar, right, you're not even seeing Anyone who's participating in, like, the audience, so to speak. So, how can you restore one on one time? So, virtual receiving lines are possible.
0: Virtual,
1: Yeah. So like virtual shivas that allow people to have an actual meeting time where you get 10, 15 minutes undivided attention with the grieving family. So you can do what these events were meant to do, share stories about the loved one. And so that is one thing that I really talk about in this e-course, which is how to build the wake. How to build the receiving line, how to do that Shiva so you have that one-on-one time that we're also missing on a typical Zoom. That,
0: ooh, I love it because it's all new to us. It's gonna be our way for a while. And yeah, what we want is that connection. Yeah, and and that honoring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, Jennifer, you mentioned like in your family that, you know, maybe part A is now with a virtual memorial, but that doesn't mean you can't do part B when COVID-19 is over, right? And so what can you do now that feels and is immediate, but what can you plan for later that would be in person? There is nothing that says that it can only be one and done because, and here's the thing, again, if you're driving, listen to this, what I'm about to tell you, funerals and memorials are not for those who've died. Right, right. The funeral and memorial is actually for those who are living, who are missing and reflecting and want to honor the person who died it's for you. It's for your family. It's for your friends. It's for your neighbors. It's not for your loved one. So part A can happen now, but part B, you have the luxury of planning something again in the future when we can gather again in person.
0: Right. And I hope we all do because I really do think these moments are, there's a reason why we as humans have formed these traditions because it, we want to be together and we want to tell these stories. I come from an, an Irish family. We love gathering and we love telling stories. And I've married into a Jewish family. Fine. They like to do the same. I suspect all of our traditions are gathering and telling stories and laughing a bit. You know, there's always joy at these sad moments where we tell the silly. Stories that do you remember?
1: I think telling stories is really the key. Keeping the name of our loved one alive, telling the stories, and not being shy to bring up a loved one in conversation. Yes. You know, we're talking about the family who is grieving, but if you're listening and you have a friend who's lost a loved one, do them the favor of bringing up their loved one in conversation. Believe me. You will not remind them of their loved one's death because you bring up their loved one. In conversation. <laughs> they know the loved one passed. Yeah. What they, they want I'm- to remember is that the life, right? And that's what these stories do. Yeah. Yes. And so that's what I write about in my books. I write about how grief is out of the closet. We don't remind people of their loved one's death. They know. So how can we support them in their grief so they don't grieve twice? They don't grieve their loved one and grieve you're forgotten that you're yeah. holding from them.
0: Yes. And so now the holiday season is coming upon us and it's going to be a weird one, but this season always it's a tough season no matter what. But it seems like it'll be a tough season for thinking on our losses. And so I think I don't know. Have you been thinking about the holiday season and what's coming in terms of Dealing with our grief, being resilient, remembering our loved ones.
1: Of course, and I think there are so many ways to honor and recognize our loved ones, whether or not they died. Recently, or even 10, 20 years ago. And I think the holidays, even if you don't see your family and friends in person, can be a wonderful opportunity. You know, there are ideas that I talk about in my book, Past and Present Keeping Memories of Loved Ones Alive, that talk about using food and music and things that kind of involve our senses to keep the memory of our loved ones alive. You know, it could be that even if you're having a Zoom Thanksgiving, you might be able to share a loved one's recipe ahead of time and you can all cook and prepare the same meal and then eat it at oh, the love same that. time. Yeah. So you're having the same flavors. You are reminiscing about the same recipes. But of course, you're eating it separately. But that doesn't mean you can't be connected through our senses in another way. And that's just one idea that I talk about in past and present or on my blog or what have you. But I think that's a really rich and real opportunity, even given this, crazy time that we're in with COVID-19. Yes, especially if it's something particularly goofy that they yeah. like. To, you know. <laughs> yes, and you know what I, I would say too, Jennifer, if, if I may, it's, you know, we're all kind of getting ready for the holiday season. And I think that there's a way to make the holidays, as we all know, more meaningful. And so even with COVID-19, What can you do to give a gift that can be a reflection of what's most important to you right now? And perhaps it's your loved one's objects and heirlooms, those keepsakes that your loved one passed on to you and you don't know what to do with them, right? You know, maybe it's the perfect time to give those items To other family and friends who you love as a way of keeping that memory alive of your loved one. You know, you may have too many objects and heirlooms. Maybe to you it feels like clutter or it feels Mm -hmm. oppressive. That's me. Yeah. I mean
0: (laughs) I am my mother's daughter right there. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so what could be clutter to you might be somebody else's gift because when your loved one died, your immediate family got everything, but maybe that old college roommate, or maybe that old high school pal, or maybe that old co-worker, they didn't get anything. And so Mm -hmm. that's also what I talk about in my new e-courses about objects and heirlooms too, reimagining where those cherished keepsakes can go, reimagining and giving them new life so you can feel more empowered by them and not debilitated by them.
0: Right. And- (laughs) Unlike in my household, uh, we are the repository of everything one set of my parents do not want, but do not want to toss. (laughs) That doesn't count, people. I need you to think a little bit more about who else might want these lovely
1: things. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I think there's a lot of guilt that comes with these keepsakes, right? If you have a lot of tchotchkes that belonged to your loved one, you may feel guilty. Tossing them, giving them away. You know, you may feel like just it has to kind of stay within your home. Like you don't know what else to do with them. And so part of what I've taken on in these e courses, whether or not it's about photographs and 35 millimeter slides and old home movies or any of those scrapbooks, albums, whatever, whatever it is that you have. They can be repurposed and reimagined. So you can not feel that sense of guilt over them. You can actually feel liberated. And that's empowering. You know, to go back, Jennifer, to what you were first talking about when we first got on this podcast today. It's about resilience. And what I talked about was agency and being proactive and even going through your objects and heirlooms and scrapbooks and photo albums and slides and deciding how to gain pleasure from them, which could mean giving them away or digitizing them. That is taking a step that makes you feel more resilient. Yep. And that it's, Even the act of doing that, there's
0: relief and there's joy and there's remembering. Because I know you might go into that project just being so resentful that you have to do this and you don't want to deal with this. And I don't know. I I think it could be, it's a memory experience. You know, like, let's spend a little time thinking about this person as I slowly go through in small bites, all the photo albums that-
1: You know what? I'll pass on a secret. Yeah. pass on a secret to you and your listeners. What the grief experts say is that the more we invest in our memories, the more we look back and the more we keep the memories of our loved ones alive, the more we will heal the more we will be able to move forward. And that sounds really counterintuitive. And perhaps some well-meaning friends have said, you know what? Stop looking at those photos. Give away those clothes. You know, it's time. You're stuck in the past. What are you doing? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And in fact, the research shows, and you can email me, Email me. I'll send you the studies. (laughs) Uh, I'm serious. The research shows that the more we keep the memory of our loved ones alive, the proof is that the better we do, in the long term. And that is a very important point when it comes to resilience. And I mean it, email me, I will send you the information.
0: Well, and so on that note, where can people find information about your courses?
1: Yeah. So alisongilbert.com slash courses is where folks can sign up. And I know in your show notes, we're going to offer your listeners a special coupon code. I've just launched these courses. So they're already at a great discount. But we're going to give your listeners an even bigger discount, maybe another $30 off. So Woo! yeah, woohoo! <laughs> so allisongilbert.com courses. And then my blog and all my information, my contact information is also at allisongilbert.com. But I'm also Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And that's a Gilbert Writer, so a Gilbert Writer, are my handle. You know, is my handle for Instagram and Twitter, and you can also find me on Facebook.
0: And I'll hunt her down if you need her. You guys, yeah, okay, good, awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on the Breadwinners today.
1: A pleasure. I am honored. What an awesome podcast you are putting together. I just, I'm a huge girl fan. Aww. Right back at you, man.
0: (laughs) And to our listeners, you'll find everything that we talked about today in the show notes. So you can find those courses. You can find those conversations that Allison has done. Meanwhile, you can visit us anytime at breadwinnerspodcast.com to ask a question, share your story, offer some feedback. How are you making it work? We'd love to know. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really does help us grow. Let us know what you think about the breadwinners and help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM.